Mercy. There's been a lot of time spent worrying about if everyone else is okay and not always making myself or my own goals a priority and then sometimes they might even get lost. I am Esco Wilson and this is the Self-Awakened Lifestyle. I'm a lifestyle designer and performance coach. I've helped hundreds of professionals learn how to tap into the power of their innate potential and thrive on a whole new level. I've seen lives change. I've seen my own life changed. And I want to help more people. That's what this podcast is all about. Bringing my own experience together with scientific principles and holistic practices to help listeners enhance their personal and professional performance. In each episode, I guide my guests through a difficult issue or challenge. And through the mind, body, spirit connection, we will expand what's possible. So I wanted to lean in to today's episode with a story about the last time I interacted with my business partner in drug dealing. We were part of a, essentially a drug clique and we called ourselves Mind on Money. And this last interaction or communication is me a year into my 60 month prison sentence. And I receive a letter from a business partner and I know him as D. He's from Detroit. And we grew up together. And when I say grow up together, my senior year in high school, he lived with me. His mother was having some issues with drug abuse. Three younger boys who later on, they also become like brothers to me. My father opens up the house and now I have basically a brother. And fast forward 12 years, 13 years. I'm in prison and the letter is a curiosity about why I decided to just abandon them, why I just turned everything off, zero communication. They knew where I was. They were waiting for me to reach out to them, send out invitations for them to come and visit me and do that whole deal. That's not what I decided to do. I just decided to dissect all associations from the life that I live. So all relationships, any information, I don't want to hear any backstories. I don't want to be involved in any capacity. I'm in prison. I'm in this container for me to renew myself, engage in self-mastery and move forward. So I'm reading this letter and I can hear the sadness. It's like, ah, Esco, I know we had our differences, but my brothers looked up to you and you kind of abandoned them. Like that was messed up how you just left us. And I'm reading it and I can feel empathy and I can feel compassion. But there's a part of me that is building a boundary while I'm reading the letter. And that part of me is saying, yo, I'm in prison. I can't help you. You need to go and help yourself. 
And I actually responded. I wrote a letter. And in that letter, a little more compassionate, I, I said, I ain't got nothing for you. I'm moving on. I wish you the best. I apologize for bringing you into the situation, but now it's yours. And go ahead and do what you need to do with it. That was essentially the heart and spirit of the letter that I wrote to him. And that's the last time that I've ever communicated with essentially my brother. And the reason I made that decision is because our interaction became, instead of a spiritual partnership, more of a partnership in like devilish activities. The trust level between him and I diminished completely. It got to the point where we're living in the same house. The person that I trusted the least was him. We had people break into our house. We had people point gun at us. I trusted him the least on a subtle level. Like my heart would beat more around him than around the obvious enemy. And that was just something that I, I couldn't purify that anymore. And I became a version of myself that was very toxic in this relationship. So I decided to move myself away from it. We wanted to break the rules. We wanted to move fast and loose. And we knew that we can do it together. We had extreme confidence in engaging in this impossible mission together. And we were creating delusions about how big we could be with it. And the fact that we created these illusions together made them more real, made them more powerful, gave me the confidence to actually push forward and buy a gun, made me more confident to push forward and go from selling marginal amounts of cocaine to kilos of cocaine. This bigger expression of the drug dealing life, I never would have experimented with without this partnership with my brother. So on one level, the performance is skyrocketed. I just wonder what would have happened if we decided to take that powerful potential in the love that we have for each other and pushed it into a direction that is more in honor of who we really are and what our families know us to be and what our community expects from us. So I want to take this, this lens and then flip it on its opposite side and share with you my relationship with Ruthie. So I'm happy that we have a chance to introduce you to somebody that I consider one of my spiritual partners in this up and coming episode. So in today's episode, my guest, Ruthie, holds a special position in, in my heart and in my business. I label her as one of my first spiritual partners, if not the first. So I made my transition from being a personal trainer, doing very well at the New York Health and Racquet Club in New York City. I was the number one trainer for this company for six years straight. And I knew that I wasn't offering the type of value that I wanted to offer in terms of the magnitude of transformation. Physical transformation is great, but I wanted people to experience what I felt I experienced going through my journey 
being in prison and changing my lifestyle and not only enhancing my health and becoming emotionally intelligent, but also somebody who can manifest their biggest opportunities and become a larger version of themselves. That's what I wanted to offer to people. And I needed support in that. So Ruthie decided to engage with me, meaning I would offer her ideas and programs and exercises, and she would basically be my guinea pig. And she would tell me how it impacted her and what resonated with her. And we would do this once or twice a week, every week. Each time would be 90 minutes. It could be two hours. And in reverse, I was able to sit and listen to somebody who was going through challenging situations in her life, but who had amazing creative capacity, a guru-like intelligence for artistry and a certain type of memory that allows her to combine ideas in a very creative way, a synthesizer. And I got a chance to watch her work process and how her mind works and how she tapped into her emotions to elevate them and create beautiful works of art and paintings and poems. And that's how I started to understand the power of energetic exchange. She didn't pay me anything and I didn't pay her anything for her artwork that she made for me, but we exchanged energy and it was extremely valuable. And we took a journey together through the unknown of our highest level intentions. And that's spiritual partnership. And that's what is important about Ruthie to me. Okay. My friend, my good friend, long time. Talk to me. How you feel? Yes, well, I'm excited to be here and very happy to see this come to fruition for you, having known you for a while and learned so much from your teachings and your wisdom. It's really exciting to be able to share it with more people who I think could really benefit. Oh, I appreciate that. Um, again, very kind. We've known each other for a while. I think the first time I met you was in a hot yoga class that you were not teaching. And I was just amazed at your handstands because you could just hold a handstand forever. And I was like, oh, how does he do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I started coming to some of your yoga classes. And I think I saw you and kind of read about your story and I just was like very impressed with your journey and your resilience and how brave you were to share your story and your struggles and I think that that always made me feel more comfortable to talk to you about my own life it like made more of an opening and so I started coming to your yoga classes and with a dance background I just really loved your sequencing and how you know it flowed really beautifully. And one thing that you used to say that really stuck with me was how everything could come together like a symphony with the way we were moving together like a flock of birds. I've always been very inspired by your teaching and how like poetic and like pulling from all these kind of beautiful, abstract, almost spiritual concepts or yoga teachings and then bringing it into, like I said, a practical applicable mode so we could anchor it into our lives and 
you've given me a voice in many ways. So I'm always grateful to have conversations with you and experience your work. I want you to understand, I could not have done this without you. Well, I'm honored that you would say that. I do feel like honored to be a part of this work and to collaborate together. And doing it as a passion project, spending time in the creative zone, watching things grow, internal growth, building our self-concept and, and emerging as our elevated self from the energy of passion. And it's very powerful for me because now I'm grounded. The revenue streams are very, very sound. The business is self-sustaining. And now it, it has a beautiful foundation that allows me to help fund future projects and explorations and growth, for example. Okay. I'll also say this. A lot of the outcomes come from this other part of me. And that's that hustler part of me. Yeah. That's the warrior part of me. Yeah. So there's a part that's artistic and open and spiritual. And that energy, you and I, were able to like really synthesize and blend. And then there's a warrior part of me. I think that's where we start to have disconnect. How fair is that? Right. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's funny because like some of my struggles have been around that structure and you know, the long-term business plan and kind of getting out there in a way that I could really focus on making more money. And yeah, I, I think just due to my situation and with kids and everything, it's like maybe that hasn't been as much of a priority or a focus. But at the same time, I think it's something that I would like to develop more and expand into now that I'm in a little bit of a different phase of life. Okay, good. I believe you deserve success. I believe you deserve financial security. I believe you deserve to be in a creative mode, but a creative mode that leads to tangible manifestation. I'm not always great at doing that because I think some of my, my experiences or limiting beliefs have been a little bit like I'm realizing now, like in this past couple of weeks, Kind of like, I can't win, so why try? <laughs> That's not warrior mode. I'm like actually working through some blocks around that right now. Yeah, and I think it's come from being in a situation where I've felt a lot of double binds. And it's interesting because I'm becoming more aware of that now, having some space and distance from a situation in my life currently. And so... Just letting you know that I'm aware a little bit more of where, where it comes from. Okay, so it, where it comes from. Take a step back and help listen to yourself. It is the feeling that I'm not like made for hustler warrior mode. Okay, sit with that. The concept could be, it is what it is. And maybe it has some validity, that's fine. I'm asking you to now take your creative process, your creative energy, your genius, create a solution, create a different frame, be curious, explore this idea that you're not a hustler. Does that make sense what I'm asking you to do? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm thinking about it. There's been a lot of time spent worrying about if everyone else is okay and not always making myself or my own 
goals a priority, and then sometimes they might even get lost. Awesome. So there's already a challenge or several challenges that are very complex. You add on to the complexity because a lot of your psychic energy is invested in other people. Okay. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for being a beautiful mother. Thank you for being caring and compassionate. Thank you for doing that. Now I can tell you thank you. Can you tell yourself thank you? Can you give yourself gratitude for being that way? Yes, I acknowledge that. And I don't want to like be down on myself, but sometimes not, not always liking who I've become in some ways. So if you go more towards, you know, feeling down about it, I'm curious, where's the balance? Where is, it, where is there a level of aggression? Where is there a level of excitation? So we have fight or flight, and you might be more into like freeze and slowing down. And I'm curious about a, a little extra balance around fighting. Not fighting other people, fighting against something that's inside of you that probably could be whipped into shape. So I think maybe there's some fear around fighting or knowing like how or what to do, how to go about it. Okay. Be curious. Take your time and tell me what you're scared of. It's okay to use metaphor. I think just scared of being unprotected or unsupported. I really need to surround myself with people who um, are loving and supportive because it's important to me to feel safe navigating the world. Okay. What else could it say? Maybe a fear of like being alone or taking risks, taking risks, trying something. And I've had this pattern of like feeling like I can't break out of certain situations where I've felt that double bind of why try. Explain the double bind. I think I've felt sometimes in my relationship like I can't win or like whatever I do is wrong. Like if I've tried to start a business that he doesn't seem to support or approve of, and then I realize that the business is like I had a shitty business partner that I felt was kind of a bully. Then I felt like, well, maybe I made the wrong decision and he was kind of unsupportive and then it turned out to be shitty anyway. So why try? And I've had like several situations like that where I've kind of felt like giving up out of wanting to protect myself. Protect yourself from what? His judgment? From his judgment and other people's and then feeling kind of bullied. Okay. So let's assume all of it is valid. Okay. So in terms of your creative prowess, top-notch. Genius level, creativity, artistic presentation, genius level. How fair is that? It's fair. I own it. Ha! We can, okay. yeah, we just take our chips <laughs> off the table. I love it. Good. I'm very, very, very happy that that persona raised their hand and said, yeah, at the end of the day, <laughs> okay. all the other stuff is valid and this is valid. That's important. Right. I just think um, as a mom wanting to be there for my kids growing up and, you know, in a relationship where I felt like I haven't always been supported or like I said, things I've tried to do, I've felt have been kind of knocked down, sadly. And I think that's hurt my self-esteem a bit, but also like the reality of when you're dealing with three kids, you can't, you can't always do everything that you think you can. <laughs> and you have to 
have some support to be there for them. And you're, you can be in a vulnerable position because of that. And sometimes your mind is spread really thin and like your patience is really tested. And now, like you said, that they're a little older, it's a different phase of what now and having a shift in time and ability to make different choices and focus on creating things uh, from from a place of not being so I do feel like I hustled when they when they were little to just do what I could do when they were in school. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, like I hustled. Thank you. I was going to cheerlead you on that, but I wanted you to bump into that on your own. Now we're starting to see. So we have this part of you that is unbelievably gifted. And we also recognize, you know what? I am a hustler. Slow down. Hold on. I am a hustler. I'm a fighter. I am a soldier. Fair? Yeah. Great. I think it's it centers around like a motherly instinct. So now we can reframe this idea about, you know, your character. Mm-hmm. About not having that fight, not having that that go-getter mentality. I love it. Perfect. So the idea is that I need support. Mm-hmm. Okay. In attack mode, the mother, she might need support or she might want support, but is it like, is it going to stop her from doing what needs to be done? The, fe- the lack of support. Hell no. So yes, it would be beautiful to have support. Great. If it's not there, there's a genius who has grit who can go through a certain set of processes to help cultivate support. I'm looking for not just a little bit of fairness. I'm looking for like, yes, this is exactly what can be done. Well, it's helping me to think about like, where is that that grit now? Where is that motherly instinct now? The instinct is the instinct. That grit, that resiliency got pushed towards supporting the children. Right. And are we saying that that same energy can't be pushed into something to solving other problems? Is that what we're saying? No, it can. It can be. Good. So let's stop right there. Let's hold that. There's a genius inside of you. So even if we are not that person right now, can we become the person who can shift with some kind of creative solution, some kind of poetic, symbolic, amazing intellect, take the the, the energy of instinct and fire and grit and push that into solving a series of challenges that have nothing to do with your kids, but have everything to do with moving forward in life. Yeah, I just got kind of emotional thinking about it. Okay, take your time. Sit with that. Harness the emotion. These primal emotions, they're very, very powerful, and they open up an ocean of energy. They open up a universe of who you really are. So I want you to settle into it. And I want you to purify the emotion, meaning sit with it, bathe in it, and then transfer the energy to the space above the heart, above the throat, into the brain, above the brain, start to elevate the emotion to its highest form so that it can be harnessed for its true potential. Take your time. Oh my God, I just wrote something that just connects to this, like what you're guiding me to do. Okay. That because I I think it's grief. Um, I've been hit pretty hard with it in the past couple of years, and 
what I wrote was grief brings out a different grit to not put up with shit. Oh, man. Okay. What does that mean to you? So I feel like some of the shit I've been putting up with in my relationship that I feel has been toxic, that I don't have the bandwidth to put up with it anymore. And it's like a blessing and a gift. But at the same time, it's like making me let go of things that I may have been holding on to, you know, to try to please other people. Or, um, But it's kind of like when when someone dies, it's a different kind of birth and motherly instinct that comes out where, because it's like the opposite end of the spectrum with a birth, it's like similar energy. So when someone dies, there's a different grit that comes out. It's like the that grief that cracks you open to your core and you're like, no, I have no trouble letting go of anything and everything now that was not in line with my values or how I want to be treated. I'm going to offer you this. There's somebody inside who used to accept what was unacceptable. I'm asking you to discover what was their reasoning and then start to figure out a way to alter that reasoning. Be curious about that reasoning. Why is it important to embrace the person that used to accept the unacceptable? I believe that it's important to really sit down and learn from the philosophy of what might be considered our default self. That means sit in their shoes and sit in the situation that they were in that led them to believe in what they believed in. That requires creativity. You want to, and that's why we meditate. So you sit in a calm, internal state of being, meditating, not only on accepting this part of us that used to accept the unacceptable, but truly understanding them, truly understanding the situation that they were put in. This could be hard work, cognitive load. It can be very stressful. We want to use our imagination to overcome that cognitive load. It allows us to understand how tapping into ourselves at a deeper level allows things to be easier. It allows us to see how sitting for enough amount of time and embracing all that we are helps to unlock trapped energy. It fuels momentum. And now we show up in this amazing vibration, ready and willing to embrace potential spiritual partnerships with others around us, creating synthesis. And this is dynamic. This is fluid. It's a balance between effort and ease. It's a balance between moving forward, but also remembering how we used to be and learning all those lessons from any mistakes that we've made or philosophy that we used to embrace that is no longer serving us. We still want all that you are. Everything about you is valid, it's beautiful, it's powerful. How do we allow whatever part of you that's inside who used to put up with shit? Yeah, well, when you have empathy for another person and you see where their pain is coming from, you can see it pretty clearly. 
and you have compassion and you you want to like help and support but then when does that become codependent or when are you doing it at your own expense you know so it's like that fine line in the dance of our relationships to like ow you just stepped on my toe and <laughs> back up <laughs> like like you need to pay attention to the music and the space around you or I'm not going to dance with you anymore. <laughs> well, you talk about being an example. So there's a part of you that always wants to give outwardly. And there's a way to still give outwardly while serving your greatest needs. And like you said, being an example of your higher level self, engaging in behavior that is sustainable, that can grow and push you in a trajectory that makes sense to you being a shining example to your daughters. You can also be an example to people who, you know, might hurt you because they're in default, because of their trauma, because of, you know, their situation. That's what comes to mind. What kind of example could you set? Right. So I can love you while still saying enough is enough and I'm moving forward. Tough love and balance and and knowing that you don't always have to know the right choice and you can be in the ambiguous sometimes and like let the waves wash over you so you don't have to always like force a plan or a decision if it's not quite ripe yet. Exploring with that beautiful genius creative mind of yours and allowing things to emerge. And we watch what emerges and what emerges it's something that's beyond poetic. It's something that cannot be explained until it actually happens. This is what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to sit in whatever heaviness that's existing around you and allow that creative force that flows through you to emerge even in that heaviness. These are all creative approaches that go beyond just rational thinking and like strategic planning. There's all kinds of ways to be exactly who you are, all that you are, and move forward in this beautiful way that's going to be an example to your girls, that's going to be an uh, act of kindness to you know people that you're moving forward from or whatever that looks like. And I feel very confident that whatever decisions you need to make moving forward as you go into an emptiness and you start to make decisions um, for your own independence and financial security as you move forward. I feel very confident that the genius that's inside, the fighter that has always been there, the one that's compassionate and can give all of herself to others, can start to create a symbiotic relationship that fuels her energy through her process and create solutions that allow you to move forward. Like I feel very confident now about that. Well, thank you, Esco, for helping me to use my voice more and one time you said to me, speaking your truth purifies your throat chakra. And I think because of you, it's opened up that ability to feel more comfortable just speaking. I'm kind of a shy person. I'm more visual, you know, <laughs> nonverbal. Like I express myself more through nonverbal things like music, art, dance. And so to be able to develop my voice, I think you've helped me to strengthen that. and. Just talking on a podcast might have been a little more uncomfortable a while back, you know? So thank you for creating a safe container and helping me and 
other people who are speaking about difficult things to feel like they can access deeper parts of their consciousness and stay connected to that while sharing things that could be like a hot mess, you know? (laughs) (laughs) No doubt. Well, hey, like I said, a lot of it is because of you. So, you know, when you say thank you, Esco, just know that it's thank you, Ruthie Esco. Thank you for, you know, putting in the time over the years. So, yeah, it's a beautiful spiritual partnership, and I appreciate that. Now, where's my cut? <laughs> ah, that's the hustler. I was waiting for that. I was waiting the whole. I was waiting for that. What resonated most with me about this episode? Ruthie mentioned a very powerful statement, a philosophical statement. Grieving requires grit. That really resonated with me because it goes into this idea of solving complex problems and staying resilient, knowing that at the end of it is happiness. So grieving, standing in the disappointment, in the heavy emotions long enough so that the parts of you that are holding on can be given the support that they need to not just numb themselves, not just surrender, but to truly see inside of themselves that they will be made whole by moving forward. And it requires grit to accept this new possibility. But the grit and the resiliency associated with it leads to tremendous benefits. It does require imagination. It does require belief. It does require a viewpoint of a spiritual lens. And when it all gels together, I think it's one of our greatest opportunities to expand, expand our self-concept and expand our, our consciousness. The other thing that really resonated with me was toward the end of the episode where she makes this statement, where's my cut, Esco? It resonated with me because I was, I wanted to hear that personality. I wanted to hear the character inside. It's like, hold up, Esco. We did this together. Where's my cut? That part of her can provide not just the vision, but the execution of turning her talents and her gifts and her genius into something that's sustainable financially, something that's providing extreme value to the populations of people that would truly love what she has to offer. The experiences I've had with Ruthie lay the foundation of the self-awakened lifestyle community. And I've learned all of that through a transformative experiential learning in the safe container of a spiritual partnership with Ruthie. In spiritual partnership, because of the container that is being created, a container of trust, a container of elevated emotion, um, a container of creativity, intuition, a container of belief. Because we're partnering in that type of energy, your self-conscious beliefs, your doubts, your criticisms about yourself, they actually provide access to deeper layers of who you are that could truly benefit from the spiritual partnership. How do you explore not just the self-doubt, but the person inside who is 
holding on to those ideas. That's what a spiritual partnership allows. Your vulnerabilities, your defaults, they get a lot of nurturing. They get a lot of care. So the pool of unconscious thoughts that can be toxic, they become purified in this engagement with your spiritual partner. Another aspect of spiritual partnership is the ability to expand what we know as a meta-consciousness. So not just your conscious thoughts, but your ability to understand yourself and all around you with your spiritual partner or your spiritual partners, almost like a mastermind and a meta-consciousness emerge. Reflections of yourself that you cannot see if you're by yourself. It's something very intelligent, absolutely, but also has that beautiful heartfelt energy connected to it, that spiritual energy. That's how I view it. That's why it's important to me. And that's why, that's why Ruthie should probably get her cut. (laughs) I am Esco Wilson, and you've been listening to The Self-Awakened Lifestyle. You can find out more about me at selfawakenedlifestyle.com. I'd like to thank Ruthie for coming to the show today. The Self-Awakened Lifestyle is part of Miracy FM Podcast Network, which also includes shows like Soul Savvy Business and Just Between Coaches. This episode was produced by Cynthia Lamb. Melissa Deal assembled the episode. Danny Eaney is our executive producer. And post-production was by Post Office Sound. So you don't miss upcoming episodes, please follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. If you like the show, please leave us a five-star review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time.